You're listening to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and strengthened as you listen to this week's message. Well, welcome. It's good to see all of you. Everybody made it out alive. Nemo didn't take, didn't take anybody hostage. Nemo. That was the name of the winter storm, in case you didn't catch that. So I, I heard what they're doing is they're naming them now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they're naming them now so that people take them more seriously. You know, like people take hurricanes seriously down in Florida. <laughs> the point is, you know, we're used to it. So anyways, yeah. There were, so, there were some snow totals I saw, like almost three feet in uh, Connecticut, Boston type of area. So it wasn't serious for us, but just another day in February for us. But <laughs> Well, good morning. Like uh, Pastor Ralph said, I'm Tim. I'm uh, Tim Brumba. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm really looking forward to sharing the word God's got on my heart this morning. But just, uh, man, I, I still feel kind of like shell-shocked from worship because it was just... God was just so powerful, and uh, it's like God starts to do things, you know, God starts to do things when, and then he kind of just sets you up for what you want to say and what, what he's put on your heart, so it's really kind of cool. Um, I'm glad to, glad to see everybody here, and um, just looking forward to things. Let's just pray real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into it. Well, Father, we just, we just thank you, God. Um, just thank you for who you are, Lord. Just thank you for your inheritance in the saints, Lord. Thank you for your glory, Lord, that dwells in us, Lord. Thank you for your power that wants to explode out of us, Lord. And Father, we just, we just invite you here right now that we would have an, even an encounter here, Lord. An encounter that would bring revival to not only just us personally, but us corporately. And us regionally even too, Lord. So Lord, I pray that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to sense, Lord. What it is you're doing, what it is you're saying, and that we would just go from here equipped, better enabled, Lord, to, uh, to fulfill the Great Commission, to fulfill all that you have put before us, Lord. Hallelujah. To bring your kingdom to earth, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, um... Ralph, could you come here for two seconds? Yeah, sorry. Secret, secret time, hang on. Okay, secret's over. I know secrets don't make friends, at least that's what they say. But uh, um, You ever have one of those times where it's like, you, they're, they're, well, let's talk, about, let's talk about different seasons. Let's talk about different encounters, right? With the Lord. When we have different encounters, we get them through different ways, right? Sometimes, um, sometimes it's through teaching. Sometimes an encounter with the Lord comes as we, as we read the Word, as we engage in the Word, as we engage our minds. The Holy Spirit kind of drops in and he, he fills our hearts. He brings to life something that's so really good. And there are those times where it's, it, it's a teaching. You, you're, you're, you're being taught the word and rightly divided the word for you, you know, um, kind of like Jonathan when he came back came back a couple of, couple of weeks ago. Really, rightly divided the word of God for us. And then there was those seasons where, or those those times where, 
you try really hard to kind of rightly divide in your own mind, and you try really hard to kind of um, <clears throat> get a revelation, I guess. And maybe the operative word there is try. Maybe you shouldn't be trying. But, but you know those seasons, those moments where you're really trying. You're in the Word. You're trying to figure out what does He mean there? What's going on? You're digging deep for you know, God to reveal His mysteries to you and re- reveal His mysteries to your heart. And it just doesn't seem to be clicking. And it's those moments. It's in those moments where it, it's, it's not a brain encounter. It's a heart encounter. It's not somebody's teaching you or you're receiving good, uh, you know, good stuff in your head, but you're receiving something at a deeper level that you just can't explain. Anybody had an experience yeah. like that where you have an experience with the Lord and you just can't explain like what exactly happened? You try to, but it's just the words don't exactly come to you. And that's what we're going to do this morning a little bit where I, you know, I'm going to try and explain. <laughs> But I believe this morning is, is, not, is not a morning of listening with your ears and your mind, but it's more of a morning of listening with your heart, stretching your spirit out and just receiving. So feel free to take notes yeah. if you want. Feel free uh, to, um, you know, to take down things because, you know, again, our minds are useful. But this morning, I really believe, has to be perceived at a deeper level than just our minds this morning. So I want to encourage you to, to, to do that. If you're somebody who finds it very easy to kind of mentally uh, intellectualize or whatever, this might be a real challenge for you, but I, I'm just going to challenge us today to kind of go there, okay? Because we're going to kind of get into some stuff where I, I feel like the word the Lord has given me is a bit like surgery, like where there's this little, little thing way down deep, and the, the surgeon has to take a scalpel and kind of slice this real thin thing, pull it out, you know, and you can't go in there hacking with the Word of God, with the sword of spirit, but it's something so, so, in, so almost seemingly minuscule. Um, but I want to talk with you a little bit this morning about that, something the Lord's been burning on my heart, and I hope that the Lord really gives us an encounter. I know He'll give us an encounter this morning if, we, if, we, if, we're, if our hearts are open. So, so I wanted to tell you a story this morning. It's a story of something that happened to me a few weeks ago. And I'm not going to get into too much detail, but just enough detail for you to understand where I'm coming from. Uh, we had, my son goes to a Christian school. Um, it's, a, um, it's a local Christian school. I won't say anything um, about where it's from, but where it is. But he goes to a local Christian school, and the, the criteria, one of the criteria there is that you'd be born again. So everybody at the school is born again, or at least to their knowledge is born again. Um, and obviously, they pull from a lot of different traditions. They have some assembly of God. They have some people from Father's House. They have some people from more mainline denominational churches. But the one common denominator is everybody believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He rose from the dead, and he, he came to set us free and to you know, cleanse, us of, cleanse us of our sins, and we can be born again now because of that. And that's why we're all standing here today, because uh, or many of us are standing here today, because that's the revelation that we've received as well. Um, however, if you know anything about different denominational traditions, there are little differences, correct? Right. And <laughs> so um, there was a problem in the school um, with our kids, and this, uh, this gentleman uh, decided that he was going to call me and give me some suggestions about how, um, about how I should parent and things like that. Not really important what he shared with me, 
But obviously, it came to a, 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 a point where we didn't agree. It was very clear we didn't agree. We were being very kind and very open with one another, but it's just he held fast to one thing, I held fast to another, and we challenged each other, and, you know, we left on good terms. And the, I, I actually really admire the guy because his, um, his heart is really passionate for Jesus. He's got a really deep heart for the Lord, and he's passionate about the Word, and he's passionate about the, you know, the, the, depths, of God's, uh, the depths of God's Word. And I, I really I admire somebody who has that kind of passion that would be willing to pick up a phone and say, you know, you're wrong. And um, so needless to say, we had an interesting conversation, but he's a good guy, Nothing, no bad feelings, but he was talking about the fear of the Lord. And we got into a discussion about the fear of the Lord, and we got into a discussion about the love of the Lord. And we were discussing 1 John, where it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. And so if anybody's been to my parenting class, you kind of know where I stand on, on punishment. We're not here today to talk about, you know, too much on punishment. But um, there is no fear in love, but perfect love has casts out fear. So we were bantering back and forth. And it's like any one of those things. He, you know, he, he, he was, his, uh, his, his take was, yeah the, yeah, the love of the Lord is great, but uh, it has to be, there's also the fear of the Lord. It has to be tempered with the fear of the Lord. And, you know, any incident like that, you've ever had an encounter with somebody that's really personal like that? There's a time where you're frustrated, you're a little bit angry, you're a little bit annoyed, and you have like a little bit of a, uh, a process time, don't you? You're like, oh, okay, boy, I do that. You know, you're thinking about it, you're stewing on it, you're praying about it, you're worshiping over it, you're doing everything you possibly can to try and get things right again, to get things right in your head, and usually it passes. And I, and I was asking the Lord, I'm like, Lord, why is it that I have such a problem with this conversation? And it was like the Lord dropped it right in my heart, and he said, <clears throat> he said, well, it's because, it's because there's a but to God's love. And I, and I, and I was like, okay. And, and I realized what something that I had come to over the past year, what I had come to, I, sorry, I thought I saw my kid walk in the back door. <laughs> um, it was another child. Um, what I had come to... What I had come to, dad skills kicked in, right? What, what are you not doing in class? Um, but um, it, what I had realized was that I had realized for so many years that I had had a revelation of God's love. And there was a revelation of God's love there, truly. And I, I've, I've known the Lord since I was four years old. That's 30 years. Do the math. I'm 34. <laughs> but, well, you know. <laughs> But I've known the Lord for 30 years, and I've had good seasons, I've had bad seasons, just like everybody here. And I've had some really amazing encounters with the love of the Lord over all of these years. A lot of history, a lot of good teaching, a lot of bad teaching, a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. But what I had realized was that I had always put a caveat on the love of God. I had always tried to balance out the love of God and the kindness and the goodness of God. And, and that's why it annoyed me, because I had come over that hurdle, 
And I had just come into that revelation over the past year myself to where I had gotten an even deeper revelation of the love of God. You know, the Word of God says that we need to be renewed in His love daily. You know that? His, his, his renewed in His love and His kindness and His goodness daily. You know, so there's not ever a point, I believe, until, until we're, you know, really with Him, until we fully you know, have everything that we need as far as the depths of his love and the security and the grace and the, and the power that comes in knowing his love. But over the past year, I've realized I've, I've had an, a, a depth of an encounter that this gentleman hasn't had yet. And I'm like, that's, that's what's going on. And I realized, wow, as I'm preparing for this message, that I really need to talk about this. And it's a very subtle thing. And it's this mentality that... <clears throat> The love of God, yes, the love of God is really good, and he's kind, and he's first. But, and then there's a caveat. And we put caveats subconsciously. This is very minute. You would never speak this out in a meeting, or when you're talking to Pastor Ralph, you would never say this, or whatever. But it's, it's a, a very small thinking error. It's a very small lie that we've come to believe in some ways where we believe there's some sort of caveat on his love. And I'm not trying to make a case for there is no, there is no, um, there is no fear of the Lord. Although, just so you know, First John says there is no fear in love. The word fear actually means terror, but it also means the fear of the Lord. So I, you can reason that out how you want. I don't want to bend minds too much today. I'm still figuring that out myself. But just to kind of get your brain thinking a little. But, um, but the truth of the matter is the reverence and the awe of the Lord is still very important. But so many times we take something like that, like the judgments of the Lord, or the reverence and the awe and the fear of the Lord, and we use that to temper, or we use that to balance out his love. And what we actually do is we end up robbing ourselves of an encounter. And that's not good. We can never fully understand or we can never fully encounter the depths of his love because what we've done is we've, we've put a roadblock up to his love. We've somehow put a limit, a very small, minute, almost insignificant, but so important limit on his love. And we can't, we can't receive his love anymore. Everybody tracking with me? Yeah. Okay, good got quiet, so I didn't know if you were thinking or if I was just putting people to sleep. I guess we'll hear snores if people are put to sleep. Yeah, it's, it's kind of this, that's what, that's what I found out. It was within me. It was my, my issue that I, I was still, I'd still like kind of wrestled with this thought that the mentality is still out there sometime. You can have too much of the Lord or you might get out of hand or you might get unbalanced. Or you're going to have too much of his grace, or you might get weird, a kind of cuckoo. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I'd rather be cuckoo for Jesus than anything. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather be certifiably nuts for God than, than anything else. Because he'll never direct you wrong. And in some ways, we believe the lie that God's love has an ending. And um, it, it is really a major lie. The love and the kindness and the goodness of God is always on it's always on. It's like, it's like you press the goodness, kindness, love button, and he had completely broke the off button. Yeah. That's right. He completely busted it off. He completely tore it to shreds. That's right. And we stand now in the undiluted love of Christ. 
we stand, think about this, while we were still sinners, while we were still constantly, excuse me, consciously making a choice to sin, while we were still under his wrath, Christ died for us. Think about what kind of love for a second. We blow through scriptures like that, and I get so annoyed with that with my own personal life because sometimes I just blow through scriptures like that. You take a second to think about that for a minute. What are the, what are the ramifications of a scripture like yeah. while we were still sinners, while we mocked God, while we were under his wrath, while, while we, we were separated from him, he died for us. It was the ultimate expression of his love for us. And somehow we think now that we're saved and born again, we can somehow pull back his love. And I, I just get so hurt because, I, well, I'll save, I'll save my analogy for the end. But, but it is really a major lie. And we have to expose it as a lie. Otherwise, we're going to continue to believe in it. And it's going to hold us back from, from the depths of our, our understanding of God. Um, and what ends up happening is this kind of balance actually becomes a thief to our encounter about his, good, his goodness and his kindness. Because we, we actually believe this lie, it actually, re, it actually robs us of the encounter that the Holy Spirit has for us in the depths of his love and his kindness. I hope you're tracking with me. Okay. And actually what happens is we start to reason ourselves out of an encounter. This is why, this is why it's so important. Let's talk about the relationship between our mind and our, and our spirit. He's given us a mind. You know, and our mind is meant to filter. Our mind is created as a filter. We should be searching out the Word of God for our encounters and finding you know, precedent and, 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 and importance in the Word of God. The Word is in, terribly important. But if we rely on our minds too much, it really does rob us of an encounter. It can be the door. It can be the thing that kind of introduces us to the encounter. But there's a point where it goes beyond our thinking. And that's where, again, false thinking comes in. One of the, one of the things that I love that Bill Johnson talks about is he talks about how the biggest stop to uh, uh, a, an open heaven is between your ears. Think about that for a second. We have complete and utter access. We have everything we need. We have, we have his power. We have his very own resurrected spirit living inside of us. We have his grace. We have his anointing. We have his favor. We've been given, his, we've been given holiness. We walk in holiness because of him as we walk in him. We walk in his righteousness. There's nothing we don't have so where's the problem? Where's the stop to our open heaven? A stop to our open heaven is sometimes between our ears. And it's not that thinking is bad, but false thinking starts to get in our way. And it starts to create false behavior patterns. And, it, you know, again, remember, thinking, thinking is the precursor to action. You know, as a man thinks, so he is. That's what the Bible says. So thinking is really, that's where... A lot of times, you know, there's tons of books out there. I remember Joyce Meyer has a book called Battlefield of the Mind. One of her best sellers. What's that? Yeah. One of, the, one, of the, one, of, one of her best sellers. Amazing book. Because a lot of the wrestling match between is not, has nothing to do with actual access. It has to be with our thoughts about how we, you know, access him. 
It's a, it has to do with our thoughts about how we engage him in his presence. So we can't let balance, we can't let this tempering of God's love actually rob us from an encounter with him, actually rob us from an encounter with his, his, the fullness of who he is. It's not just about his love and his goodness and his kindness, it's about our desire, we sang it this morning, is that we would know him. We want to know you. We don't want to just know little parts of you. We want to know all of you. We want to know you, God. And then the second part of that is that because when we know him, we can make him known. And we can make him known as he is, accurately. Because there are a lot of people out there who are trying to make him known, but they don't know him, so they're inaccurately portraying who he is to a world who desperately needs him. And so they're actually falsely representing my God and your God. And so that's, that's why these, these, these pieces, these little insignificant things are so uh, stark and important. So, and actually what happens is when we start to do that, we move out of relationship and we move into intellectualism. If we start to make it too much about, you know, um, tempering things, like, well, I can't, I, I need to, you know, well, it's, you know, the love of God, the love of God is great, but, you know, he's also a judge. Yeah, he is, is a judge, but right now, that's a block from you experiencing the fullness of his love, because he wants to download all of his love into you. Because, re- remember, one of the motivations of the kingdom, probably, I would say, the motivation of his kingdom is love. Remember, it was his kindness that leads us to repentance. Romans 2 says it's his kindness. Even in the midst of us sinning and making a mess of things and doing horribly, he extended the fullness of his kindness to me. He, full, he extended the fullness of his kindness to you and us. And, and we, our, our minds were changed. That's what repentance actually means. It means you have a change in mind, and then when your mind changes, your actions change. The actions follow. The, you live differently. I mean, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross because he loved us. While, Christ, while, Christ, while we were still sinners, Christ died. Christ died for us. It was his love and the joy set before him that caused him to do, endure the cross. It wasn't obligation. That made, it wasn't obligation that made him go to the cross. Oh, I've got to do this for Dad. Oh, my goodness. You know? It wasn't an obligation. It was his love that actually motivated him to go to the cross. Think about your relationships. Think about your, 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 uh, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your, your, your friends. Think about it. Why do you do things for them? You do things for them nine times out of ten because you love them and you want to make them happy. Why do we assign anything different to our God? Why do we assign something completely different to our God that somehow, because of judgment or because, you know, he wants us to act or toe the line or something like that, you know, again, I don't understand why we do that, but we do that sometimes in very subtle ways. And it's, it's, not, it's not something we can speak out sometimes. Like I said, it's something that's so very insignificant in our heads. So, there's another lie <clears throat> that kind of goes hand in hand with this. And there's, it's a very subtle lie that sometimes we believe. Um, and it's, it's this lie that if I somehow screw up or I make, make a bad decision, that there's a, there's a period of time where the Lord has to you know, punish me or give me consequences. So he's going to pull himself back from me 
for a season. Oh, man. And, I, and it's so subtle. You'll see it in operation. You won't necessarily see it. But you see your life, and you'll, you'll see things happen like in other people or in yourself. Let's say other people, right? <laughs> you see it happen in other people where it's just the, the, there's a mistake, and it seems like all, all of a sudden uh, their, 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 their relationship to the Lord, with the Lord falters a little. Their connection to his heart falters a little. And you begin to recognize that so subtly in there is this faulty thinking that, is <clears throat> this faulty thinking that, um, you know, because I messed up or because I made a bad decision, he's pulling back his favor, his grace, his anointing. Um, and, and, I, and I'm not saying, like, if you made a mistake or you made a bad choice or something that the Lord's just, oh, yeah, good job, way to go. He's not like that, no. But one of the things he doesn't do in that moment is he doesn't pull himself from you. He doesn't pull back his love and his grace from us. He actually inundates us more. There are times, there's a reason why Paul said, there's a reason why Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because there's, there's something about when you're weak and you screw up or something happens in your life that's just a mess, where his love just comes in like you've never experienced before. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes we pull back because we think he's pulling back. And the truth of the matter is, he hasn't pulled back. He never pulls back his love from us. He, he always loves us. He's, he's always good. His word says, we're going to read a little bit later, his word said, he is working everything for good. Everything. Even when you make a mistake, and you feel like you're going to be paying for this mistake for the next six months of your life, you might be here on earth. But the Lord is never going to impose a payment on you with his love and his kindness and his goodness. In fact, the word says the opposite, that he is actually going to take your situation, even though you messed it up. He's going to take your situation and he's going to work it for good. Actually, what he's going to do is he chooses to co-labor with us so that we can break out of that. He extends his love, he extends his grace, he extends his forgiveness, he extends his kindness, his, his goodness. He extends all those things, and he works with us to get out of something. So when you screw up, you make a mistake, or you make a choice about a job you shouldn't have gone to, or you, you, know, um, you, you do this, or you do that, or whatever, you sinned, whatever it might be, his grace is there, his anointing, his power is there to re- be released into your situation. And to be able to feel his love just come over you. And then the, then the motivation comes to work with him, to get, to get out of the situation. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. Yet somehow, we equate bad situation, got to fix the situation with God pulled back his love for me. And that's just not true. That's just not true. At least what I know of my God. Because when I've made some of the dumbest mistakes of my life, and I need to fix it, I need to fix my problem, his love has still been there, and he's still been a good father, and said, you know what, I love you, I know we've got to work this out, but I love you, and your grace, and, your, and, your fa- and my favor right here, your kindness, he's still kind. I don't, know, I don't know if people are looking at me thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or if you're thinking, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but I can just tell you what I know. 
I can just tell you what I know and what I've experienced. I know 34 years is a really long time, but I can just tell you, I can just tell you, I can just tell you what I know. So there's, 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 uh, there's never a moment where his love is not extended towards you. And don't ever reason yourself out of that. Because, you're, you know, actually you're robbing yourself of that encounter with his love and his grace. You're, rob, you're robbing yourself of the revelation of his goodness and how just amazing he is. Let's just, as we're kind of landing the plane here, when, when uh, James 1, 13, 16, and 17... Should anybody up there put it on the screen? Because I think we should probably see this. Yeah. Yeah, Brian. Can you? Uh, James 1, 13, 16, and 17. So we're kind of bouncing around, but... I'm in the NIV. I don't know if... uh, Oh, but that's the authorized version. Whoa. The authorized version. Wow. I feel... NIV, Brian, if you can. Anybody got any jokes? That's fine. Thank you. Um... So let's, let's read this. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. We get that? Nor does he tempt anyone. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from, from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That's one of those moments you just say, boom. Let the word of God just blow up in your face. Let it get you, get you, get you good. And how about Romans 8, 28? And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And that's Romans 8, just so you know. That ain't some, you know, that ain't some, you know, passage of the Bible where, you know, whatever, where it's not revelation, where John is seeing something 15, 20 years down the road. This is Romans 8 right here. This is the legal basis for what we believe. Romans is like, is like the legal basis for what we believe. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and those are called into his purpose. Yet somehow subtly we believe that, you know, that things, sometimes God takes his hand off things and lets us, you know, sit and stew in our own mistakes or something. Somehow we believe that. I don't understand that. Very subtle thinking patterns, and I know it's kind of deep, but... um, but I, I think if we, if we can recognize some of these lies that we've believed, 
we can really open up kind of to the next level of our breakthrough. Because at the end of the day, the desire of this people, a desire of our hearts, is number one, we want to know him in his fullness. You know, and number two, we want to make him known. We want to have encounters with God that will lead us to revival, and then revival will transform into normal Christianity for me, for us. I mean, that's our, that's our desire right here. I actually saw a vision last night of, of God riding on the praises of his people, every nation, tribe, and tongue. And, you know, it, the, the, the thought is that, you know, we are called to actually bring, call together all the nations. You have an impact in a nation. You have an impact in a people group. You have an impact in a section or a sphere of influence. And in order to do that, we have to know him. We have to know him because he's the answer, not my intellect, not, not my heart, not my deep theological understanding. It's him who's the answer. So we need to know him so that we can make him known. So I hope you hear my heart. And um, I just want to close with this. Mary, can you come up and play? Just play over us for a little bit. As I was preparing, I actually kind of got a picture in my mind's eye, and it actually kind of, it actually kind of made me weep because it's like it's just so not, it's just so not God's heart for us. And if you can imagine, if you can imagine the the heart of the Father, uh, just opening up His arms to you, and just stretching His arms wide. And then, like, you falling into his arms and him wrapping his arms around you and hugging you. But then after about two, three seconds, him saying, whoa, no. Now you need to understand my fear. Or now you need to understand my judgments. That's not how I see my dad. I see him as a God, if he's holding out his arms, and you run into his arms, and he never wants to let you go. And then because you've had an encounter with his love, you want to change. You want to be better. So, Father, I just... Let your daddy's heart be felt, Lord. Lord, will we believe lies? First of all, reveal it to us. Second of all, we just take authority over those lies in the name of Jesus. And we call them for what they are. They're lies from the pit of hell. That you somehow qualify your goodness. That you somehow qualify your love or your grace. That you temper it so that we're more balanced people. Lord, I don't ever want to be balanced. I want to be radical, Lord. I want to be radical for everything that is you, Lord. Not balanced on all the facets of your nature. I want to be radical in every single one of them, Lord. So, Lord, we just ask right now, you go deep, that you'd unearth lies that I've mentioned, that you'd unearth lies that I haven't mentioned. 
Lord, in Jesus' name, that you'd open our eyes, that you'd take us into that next level of that encounter with you, Lord, ultimately so that we can know you, God, so that we can feel your heart before us, but Lord, also so that we can bring it to a world who just is sorely in need of something. A world that is constantly filling itself with things to dull the pain, Lord. They need us, God. They need your love. They need you in us, Lord. So I just, we're just going to spend, we got five minutes, perfect. We're going to spend the next five minutes. I, what I want you to do is we're just going to kind of soak as Mary kind of plays over us. What I want you to do is I just find a place that's comfortable. It doesn't have to be in your seat. It doesn't have to be anywhere. But we're just going to be quiet. Just shut our eyes. No praying, no worshiping. We're just going to receive from the Lord now. Because quite honestly, I want you to have an encounter. I want to have an encounter today. I don't, I don't want... You know, I don't want to walk out today saying, wow, Tim preached a good message. I want, I want us all to walk out today saying, wow, my heart was changed by the Holy Spirit. That he was, he, I had an encounter with him. So just take, take five minutes and just soak. Again, the front's open if you want to come. If you want to lay out. worship is going to go to a new level because Lord as we receive your love we're able to give your love back to you Lord In Jesus name that's just one thing that we can just kind of close with there's some people here today who your your worship expression has been kind of lacking. You you would call it lacking. And every time you get into worship, you're having trouble. You're having trouble breaking through. Um, and you're have, again, your your worship has found a real dry time and a real dry period. And the Lord wants to tell you this morning, as you receive His love, your worship expression will grow. Because remember, we 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 love because we are first loved. So as we are loved, we will be able to love him back and love others as well. So so there's somebody here today who that's for, and I just encourage you, drink deep of his love, and there will be a breakthrough in your worship. So if we could just call the prayer teams up. 